What is up, everybody? Welcome into a Tuesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Normally, this would be Mark Vandermeer's joint, but tonight it is me. I am your host, John Harris, as it was last night. So, buckle in. Let's go. We got plenty for you joining me to kick off the show. It's my man, Drew Doherty. Drew? Tough Guy Tuesdays. It is Tough Guy Tuesdays. That's right. Back-to-back <laughs> radio days. I like that. Tough Guy Tuesdays. Well, I that's like what that. we got here. Well, okay. Why does Mark... I, know, I can't say that. I can't say that. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will not say that. Drew, I don't know if you saw this uh, earlier today, but... Josh Rosen, of all, you know, I've, I don't want to say I've been critical of Josh. I try to look at it through different eyes. The one thing I've said about Josh Rosen is that he is, you sort of have to look at him through a different lens. He's just an interesting guy yeah. that I could see uh, people having having some, I guess, eye issue with. You know, Jim Morris said, he was talking something about fit, about, and yeah, he, he would take Darnold for yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was. Um, he's a millennial. He has to be challenged. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, well put. He's I think he's. I think he's going to be good. I think I, he's going to be a good quarterback. I do too. I mean, I've got. A, I think in my top twelve. I said a few years ago that I thought he was going to be the number one pick in the draft mm-hmm. coming out of high school out of St. John Bosco. I'd seen his junior highlights, and I thought, "Wow!" I was like, "This kid." I, I was like, "What college is he going to?" No, he's got one more year, at Bosco. What, wow. what what changed that? Because you, you don't see it happening this year? No, the only, the only, here's what changed it. Sean Watson. Yeah. Sean Watson changed it because of the way that I just – I look a little differently at the quarterback position now. Well, I'll put it this way. I've always looked at it a little differently, but I think the NFL is looking at it differently. Right, right. And I think guys like Deshaun, Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. Dak Prescott, uh, Russell Wilson – Aaron Rodgers, guys that can make plays off schedule, can do things. Extend other, plays. Extend plays, yeah. can make things happen. I think – I don't want to say that Josh can't do that. It's just not his cup of tea. Mm-hmm. However, I will say when things do break down, he does he does handle it pretty well. Yeah. That said, I think with Josh, where he goes and who he's with, that fit is going to be – is ultimately going to determine what he is – going to be able to do once he gets to the NFL. And that's why I didn't really have a big problem with what Mora was saying because I think Mora was being truthful. Like, he right. wasn't just saying, my guy's the best. Yeah. You know, I, I think he does believe his guy is the best, but only if he's in the right situation. Yeah. Because what would have happened had the 2000 Cowboys drafted Tom Brady in the seventh yeah. round? Right. Would Brady have been what he became? On those teams that went five and eleven, five and eleven, with Dave five Campo as the coach, yeah, and then finally right. in 03 when when Parcells came right. along, I mean he'd have been what four years into his career at that point, right? So would that would he have been the same guy? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. So I think it is it is true about fit. And I, I think he's going to be a good quarterback if he gets in the right situation. I I just you know wonder what that situation is. I can absolutely see where a team looks at him and says this isn't going to fit for us. I can look at other teams saying this is going to be a perfect fit for us. Yeah. But he said something. He did a he did an interview with ESPN Magazine. This is why I bring all this up about Josh Rosen, the former mm-hmm. star quarterback at UCLA. He he did an interview with ESPN Magazine, and he was asked, as a pro, will you continue to speak up or will you shut up and throw? And his answer was very interesting. He said both. I think I need to shut up and throw when I get there. I do want to get involved in my community immediately. But the main thing is the main thing. And this is what caught my eye. J.J. Watt is a guy I admire, the way he balances the two. 
Athletes have a platform. It'd be selfish to shut up and throw, get paid, go to the Bahamas. It's selfless to be J.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. I saw that this morning when uh, on SportsCenter, and I thought that's – I thought it was pretty interesting from the standpoint of who he admires because a lot of times guys you end up admiring are going to be guys that maybe play your position mm-hmm. from the same area of the country yep. perhaps – and yet he, J.J. Watt is a guy he admires. I thought that was pretty interesting that he referenced J.J. in that interview. It's a good point, you know, because you and I have talked about this a few different times. I mean, pre-Hurricane Harvey, J.J. Watt took a lot of heat because there were, there was a section of people out there that thought, ah, he's just doing this, this these good acts, these good deeds right. for his image. He's, it's all self-serving. Right. And while J.J. was public about a lot of things, a lot of good, doing good, Right. I mean – there are so many other instances that, that outnumber the times that yeah. you hear about it where you don't hear about it. I mean, absolutely. it seems like in the offseason, about once a week, you'll see, and that's the only ones I, I notice. There's probably more. Right. I'm certain there's more. But you'll see a, a family coming in, and you know, there's a kid with a disability, or there's a, you know, a, a, a child or of something else is going on, and they wind up, you know, if you a few hours later, they're, they're with JJ, and he's yeah. taking them on a tour of things, and he's helping right. out people. It's very he's he's always been that way from right. when the from like when he got here, 2011. Remember, he showed up at uh, at the kids triathlon the first year they did it. It was in early 2012, maybe April of 2012. So he'd had his solid rookie season, yeah. and he had the big play, but he hadn't become the superstar yet. Right. He was just there. He was helping out. You know, he just kind of showed up to help out that morning and. He was a, you know, he got he signed some autographs, but he wasn't yeah. the megastar he is now. But that's just kind of who he is. Yeah, he's always been about giving back. Now take out the thirty-seven million. Independent of that, his his foundation's raised four million yeah. already, or maybe yeah. it's five million. Either way, he's raised millions. He just hit four millions and millions of dollars for after-school programs, and that's that's been a, an ongoing thing since his time in college. So. Yeah, it's cool that Rosen recognizes that and sees what he's done, and JJ's funneled and channeled the good the good deeds he's done, and combine it with social media, and it really was amazing what he was able to accomplish this yeah, year. There's no doubt. If you get a chance, check out that article. Yeah, it's cool. There's a little bit more to it about Josh Rosen and his his outspoken nature. I guess mm-hmm. is the right way of saying this. He's a really intelligent guy, uh, having gone to a really Tough prep school, St. John Brasco out in California with UCLA. Uh, give it give it a listen it's, or give it a read. It's pretty good uh, on ESPN Magazine if you Google it as I did. But I just happened to see that part about J.J. Watt and I kind of, wow. I, I was, I would say taken aback. I was a little, I just was a little bit surprised. It's not a comparison was, you would think yeah. would come from a guy like that. Whatsoever, but uh, props to Josh Rosen for having and to he, say you that. You know, Rosen's probably got a, a rep that oh, he's got a rep. is – it's, but he's probably not uh, the the perception of him probably doesn't match who match who he actually I, is. You're probably right, you know? and you know what? That's probably this, that's probably the way uh, you mentioned it about JJ a yeah. little while ago. Mm-hmm. That reputation that was out there was certainly not the way that he was. Right. I mean, the Harris family can speak to that. Uh, there's no question. I mean, sure. he's you know he's done things for people in this building, for people outside the building. Nobody will ever know. Yeah. Ever know? Um, which to me speaks to a guy's reputation more than anything that he does publicly. All right, Drew. Since you're in here, let's do it. I want to do a little either or. I like it's it. one of my favorite games to do, so I figured mm-hmm. we could kick it off with you. Let's All do right, it. this is a pretty easy tie. This is a pretty easy concept. I give you a statement, uh-huh. 
and an either-or proposition, talk your way through which one. All right. Okay. Uh, give me a number one through seven, and that's where we'll start. Six. Six, okay. All right, here we go. Better Deshaun Watson highlight mm-hmm. against New England. It just so happened that the two plays I picked were against New England, so it's against New England. Fair enough. Either the play in which he avoided the sack about four or five times in the fourth quarter. That one. And then hit Deontay Foreman for the catch. That one. Or. Everything else is second compared to that one. The throwback to Ryan Griffin for 37 yards and a first down. Ooh, I made you think. Uh, it's still the it's still the four sacks because of. Avoiding the sacks. Avoiding the sacks. and <laughs> That should have been the nail in the coffin. Oh, I know it should have been. But, yeah, I'm going to go with that. I love. He made everybody miss up front. Although the throw across his body to Griffin, I know that's why I made you think was that was that was the fulcrum for me as far as I'm, I'm never going to doubt this guy again. But yeah, I'm still going to go with the four four sack evasion. That was pretty good. Yeah. All right. Better, DeAndre Hopkins catch. The helmet catch against Jacksonville at Jacksonville in 2015, or Octo Hop against Pittsburgh. The only touchdown on Christmas Day. Mm, I guess I'll go with that one. And Either the helmet catch or the, Octohop. The the Steelers touchdown catch. But you know what? The one that's still better than both of those? At New York Giants, oh, 2014. I couldn't put it off. in there because it was his fault. He was on <laughs> the line. Was he, a, be. he pinched it out of midair. It was incredible. 40 yards down the field. I mean, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. Pinched it. All right. You are GM Brian Gain, and you can make one trade. I think I know what you're going to answer, but uh-huh. I but I challenge you on this one. You can make one trade before the draft. Are you trading for either Rob Gronkowski or Washington Redskins left tackle Trent Williams? You're giving mm. up similar assets in the deal, so that's not it. It's what you have coming back. Rob Gronkowski oh, well, then if it's or left tackle Trent Gronkowski. Williams. If it's similar assets and Gronkowski, but if you if you only having to give up like a third for Trent Williams, you wouldn't want that Pro Bowl left tackle coming back. No, that's what I'm saying. If it was if it was a lot less, that was similar. Yeah, yeah, I'd still go Gronkowski. Right. Better game one at home because Mark and I talked about this game. We are going to open the season at home. Oh, gotcha. regular season. Okay. okay. We're going to because Beyonce and Jay-Z are doing a concert week two. And I don't think you ever start the first two weeks on the road in the NFL that I'm aware of. That I'm aware of. So, game one's going to be at home. Okay. Which AFC South team would you rather would you rather see at home either the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Indianapolis Colts? Colts. Even with Andrew Luck. Even with Andrew Luck. Absolutely. He Why? Because th- he's not throwing around the Duke. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, and it's Duke. many of you, because I, you know, I had to kind of be reminded. I, remember, I knew it was the Duke, but I had to be reminded. That's the official NFL football, and they call it the Duke. Mm-hmm. You'll see it on, in cursive there. But he's not even throwing that thing yet. So, yeah, you'd say the Colts. Give me the Colts. Okay, because their defense is even with or without luck. Their defense is nothing like Jacksonville's. Nothing. Okay, preference for a prime time game. Either Thursday night on the road mm-hmm. or Monday night on the road. Both weeknights. Which one do you prefer? Either Thursday nights on the road or Monday nights on the road. I prefer Thursday nights on the road because 
it gives you the weekend off. You get the weekend to do whatever you want with your family. It's the start of the football weekend, Mm -hmm. so many people are watching. I like it better than Monday Night Football. I do too. Interestingly you gotta enough, leave I do on a too. Sunday, you gotta. I know. You get I, back the middle of Tuesday morning. Flying Wednesday, coming back Thursday night, and having Friday, and I, I, I'm with you. Because it, it also gives you a two, basically like a two and a half day work week. True. You know, you go into Monday and Tuesday, right. and then you're traveling Wednesday. Thanks for the players. I, I yeah. Mean, no. I yeah. That. Yeah. But it, you're you're saying us. Yeah. Us. Just yeah. You, yeah. Okay. Jokers in the media department. In your opinion, mm-hmm. which Last place team that is on the Texans schedule will be better hmm. in 2018, either the Denver Broncos or the Cleveland Browns. The Denver the, Broncos the or Browns, the Browns? Because they got, I mean, they have so far to go. Yeah. Relatively speaking, I think the Browns can make more yeah. more strides. Well, they the, win one. They, none. They went 0-16. Yeah, so, yeah, they're gonna, they'll be better. You think the Browns will be better? Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think the Broncos are still a step behind. Yeah. It is National Sibling Day, mm-hmm. last one, Drew. Okay. And you can add one Texans sibling to the roster. Either Scott Quesenberry mm-hmm. or Derek Watt. Scott Quisenberry, UCLA, going to be a rookie, going to get drafted. Derek Watt, fullback with the L.A. Chargers. You can add one sibling. Notice you didn't say T.J. Watt. I didn't. I wanted to make it a little more difficult for you. Scott Quisenberry, UCLA interior offensive lineman, or Derek Watt, fullback. Because if I give you pass rusher, you're going to take pass rusher. You know. But I I give you interior lineman or fullback. Which one are you taking? Which one? No knock on Derek, but I like I like Prosh at fullback. I like what he can do, and I think. I think another Q in the building would be nice, and you do need some offensive line help. So I'm going to go with Questenberry. You're going with Scotty Q. I like it. Yeah. There you go. Very nice. Drew, appreciate you stopping by, brother. Good you got, job. I thought we were going to do, like, brownies or water slides. Uh, water water slides. slides or fireworks. I thought it was going to be one of those. Water slides. Water slides or roller coasters. Water slides. Okay. Water slides win, huh? Water slides or Whataburger? Water slides. No offense, no offense, Whataburger. Whataburger. I go with Whataburger on that right. one. I like Drew doesn't like you, Whataburger. That's the way it goes. False. It's not true. I went on Saturday. Drew, you're the best, man. Same to you. Coming up next, DP City stops by. I've got a couple of thoughts I want her to opine on, including Andrew Luck and that Duke. What's her confidence level? The Colts will get back to where they are with Andrew Luck. Next on Texans All Access. Tough Guy Tuesdays. Welcome back to a Tuesday edition of Texans All Access. I know everyone is used to hearing Mark Vandermeer's name leading off the segment, but it's me. Mark is out today, and he will be back on – well, he'll be back on with me tomorrow, uh, but he'll be leading the show with John McClain on Thursday. So you definitely want to tune in for that as we get near the draft and John's 50,000 mock drafts. I think he's on mock draft number (laughs) nine, I think. John Harris alongside D.P. City. You know, D.P., the one thing – and I do – so we talked about that on the Deep Slam podcast the other day. The one thing I hate doing is mock drafts. I do not. I love reading mock you drafts. You don't do mock I drafts. I hate mock drafts. I hate them. Is but, it because you're too entrenched with all the players? Well, I will never do one for the for here. I will never do one for you, the Texans. Because you, you used to submit one. I would submit it to the Washington Post. Washington do Post. Do my draft stuff for the Washington Post. But what I do is I let the Post pick for the Texans. Like, I leave it 
open, let them pick, I talk about it, and then I move on. Well, luckily this year, I don't have to do that because there's no Texans pick. I hate I hate <laughs> mock drafts. I hate putting them together. That's why I like I like doing my board and putting my Harris 100 together because that to me is just you're slotting players. When it comes to mock drafts, there's so there's, many things you have to take too into many account. Variables. It's like, oh, it's crazy. There's too many variables. You got to know what every team's looking for, what every team's strategy might be heading into the draft. It's like you can't. I think what you love to focus on is just the players the themselves, player itself. and I think that sort of takes the focus yeah. off it. McLaren, I, I think, is on his eighth or ninth version. <laughs> like, are you serious? And that's the thing. People love reading them. My first one this year, I I put Quentin Nelson number two to the Giants. Okay. He's my number one on the Harris 100. That won't change. He will be that guy. He's just incredible. And I know he's an interior offensive lineman. That doesn't happen, but he's he's phenomenal. I put him number two to the Giants, and my editor emailed me the next day and was like, holy cow, the Giants fans are just on fire with this. They're super excited about it, huh? No, they weren't. Oh. <laughs> no, they were not. Fire, fire is a bad not. thing. A fire is okay. a bad thing. Okay, got it. He got said, it, you yeah. did some good. He said, <laughs> but people are, people are questioning, and I said, well, all right. Then he goes, you know, combine. People start seeing the highlights of him and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, well, okay, maybe. We're still going to get a quarterback. I'm like, you have Eli. And I know he's not perfect and all that. But either way, uh, it's just it was interesting uh, so, with these mock drafts. And last year, it's funny because I put – in my, my first or second one, I put Patrick Mahomes. The Bears had the number three pick last year. Right. They eventually traded up to number two, took Mitchell Trubisky. But I had them taking Patrick Mahomes at number three. Okay. And that caught fire. In fact, I'm driving uh, during lunch, but I had a meeting at lunch. I'm driving in my lunch meeting. This is last year. And Lopez and Cody Stutes have pulled down this mock draft from the Washington Post. And they're about to talk about it during the break. I'm like, look at the author. And Lopez goes, oh, my God, it's you. <laughs> so, so, of course, I think they went from this is crazy. And, of course, Cody Stutes went to Texas Tech. I was going to say he loves Texas Tech. Because, yeah. Uh, that's, so that's, he was kind of excited, excited about it. But Lopez was like, well, then he saw it was me. And then he was like, okay, well, I'm not going to rip you too bad. I was like, yeah, okay. That and then Mahomes ha- ended up going to the top ten. So I was I like, that's, on something. that's not a stretch. I mean, he's, no. he's done well for himself. If the Bears, even if they trade up to number two to get Mahomes, yeah. it would not have been a bad pick. No, but they end up going with Trubisky. I think of three. Yeah. Whatever. They wanted Trubisky, but that's that was that's the way it goes. All right, DP. This I came up with this game. I was thinking about this. Not really a game, but it's it's more a discussion. I like I like games that lead to discussion. And so I thought about playing the confidence game. And so I'm gonna read you a statement. And from that statement, you're gonna give me on a level of one to ten. Ten being you have the absolute utmost confidence that this is true. Okay. One being you are an absolute liar. Liar. Okay, got it. Okay. One to ten. One to ten. So we're playing the confidence this. game. All right, so let's start with number one. We talked about this yesterday a little bit. Andrew Luck. He's throwing footballs, but he's not throwing the Duke, the actual football. So he must be throwing, like, smaller footballs, maybe Fake nerf, footballs, yeah. Fake footballs. <laughs> I don't know. But he's not throwing a real football. And after watching him yesterday, I was like, hmm, this gets very interesting. So I'll ask you. The Colts' Andrew Luck returns and is better than ever. 1 to 10, what's your confidence oh. level on that being absolutely? 10 being that is so super true confident. that's going to happen. Yeah. You're super confident in it. 1 being, no, 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 you're lying. There's no truth to that whatsoever. I think if you'd left it just the first part, Andrew Luck returns this year, I would have been very confident. I would have mm-hmm. put like a 9. Okay. But better than ever makes me hesitate. I'd put it. I'd put it at like a 
two or three. Okay. Can I do? I'll say you can three. Do that. I'll say three. Then you get three. Okay, um, good. Everything I've read from uh, there's a, there's a beat writer, Stephen Holder. I read some of his yeah, stuff. He's good. He's been talking about OTAs. Obviously, uh, you know, off season workouts underway. Andrew Luck's probably not going to do much, but they they say that the reason why they're keeping him out of it is so that he doesn't injure himself too early, right, but right. that he's on a good track, that he'll be throwing. But I don't know. I think two years removed, if he's that hesitant to even participate now, there's gonna something between the ears is going to change, and I think it's going to take him a while to get that confidence. So a three. I okay. give it a three, and I think that's All being right. generous because I could have gone two. You're okay. right. Number two, the Texans trade up on night two of the draft into the second round. Keep in mind, as you know, but for those listening – Three third-round picks. They've got a two next year that they're getting from Seattle on the Dwayne Brown deal. The Texans trade up on night two of the draft into the second round. What's your confidence that that is true? One to ten. I don't know if it's. I I, I just want. I want to say eight. Okay. I, I'm pretty confident that they'll do something like that, just because I think the last few years we've seen them trade up quite a bit yeah. obviously now with brian gain it might be different he might run drafts completely differently i don't know but we've got three third run picks and three six run picks correct i believe so i feel like that's a lot of wheeling and dealing they could do and there are still some holes on this team and if they see a tackle or yeah. an offensive lineman they like that's sitting around in the second round i i mean i'd bump it up to like a nine then but yeah i, I i'm pretty i feel good that something like that might happen all right i like it Number could three. be completely off base though I, I think that can happen. Trade up for Bernardrick. They traded up, who also, uh, Jalen Strong. They traded up for both of those two guys in 2015 in the second round, second and third round. And then traded up for Deshaun last year. Traded, I want to say they traded up in 2016 as well for a pick, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But either way. Yeah, a lot of trading ups been happening here. Number three. The Patriots are a mess, <laughs> and all of the drama and defections will finally catch up to them. They will not make the AFC Championship game. Confidence, 1 to 10. How do you feel about that statement? Ugh. One. I mean, I want it to be a one. 15. I want it to be a 15, but it's a 1 because they have distractions every year. Maybe this year they're, yeah. something has changed even more so. But as long as Brady's out there and Belichick's out there, yeah. the one thing that unites everybody is the need to win. So until I see it happen, I'm not confident that that's going to happen. Yeah. Dang, come on. I tried to I get you on that one. All I right. Know. No, sorry. Number four, John Gruden. We remember John Gruden. I do. John Gruden. Gets Oakland hyped, <laughs> and they return to the AFC playoffs. John Gruden gets Oakland hyped, his return, and they return to the AFC playoffs. What's your confidence level uh, in that being true? Sure, sure. I would, I'd give that an eight. I mean, I okay. think they're in one of the toughest divisions in the AFC. Yeah, AFC West. I think, I think, why not? Uh, last year they they had a drop off, but it still surprised everybody. Yep. I think if Derek Carr comes back and he's healthy, uh, he'll be hungry. And I think John Gruden, there's quite a bit of a shake up there. So yeah, let's let's give it an eight. I'm very curious to see what Gruden does coming back after. And you know, a lot of people you've even asked me this about you know going back to coaching, going back. Would you ever go back to coach? I'm like, ah, man, I haven't coached since 2000. Well, Gruden hasn't coached since 2000. Right. I can't remember what it is, six, something like that. So it's been 10 years since he last coached. How's that going to be going back in? I'm, the, the, I'm very curious how that rolls in Oakland. 
we, I don't think you forget coaching, and I think he stayed close enough to the game where True. he's seen how it's evolved. But I think what the difference is going to be with Gruden is, unlike most brand-new head coaches, he's got instant respect in the locker room. He's True. got that, that street credibility. He's back in Oakland. Everybody loves him there. So I think he'll get that buy-in from the players right away. And whatever, whatever he's trying to do, I, I think that he'll get players to, to buy in and do it. Okay, number five, DeAndre Hopkins will be – Ten. <laughs> Top three in the NFL in touchdown receptions in 2018, assuming Deshaun Watson healthy all year. DeAndre Hopkins oh, yeah. will be top three Ten. NFL and TD receptions in 2018. Ten. I actually wrote a story about this today. Uh, there was an early prediction, like a fantasy, ESPN fantasy prediction, mm-hmm. that said he would get 10 touchdowns. In 2018, tying him for first with um, – I forget who the other receiver was. Oh, I saw that projection. Maybe A.B. I'm not really sure. But he actually quote tweeted it because he had 13 last year with three different quarterbacks. Yeah. So, I mean, either either which way you slice it, I think he's going to be top three. I I mean, I'd be surprised if he didn't lead the league with Deshaun Watson. I almost made that will be the top, and I thought, hmm, that's pushing it a little bit more. All right, what would your confidence be if I said – he will catch more touchdowns than anybody else in the league in 2018. Oh, like all position groups. Yeah, everybody. everybody. He'd be mm. the number one touchdown catch, uh, touchdown receiver. Touchdown receptions, not touchdowns. Yeah, touchdown receptions, yeah. Oh, yeah, touchdowns. yeah. I, I'd give that. I'd give that a nine. I mean, what other position groups? But top three, you're giving it a ten. Yes. Okay. Because I just don't know, like, you could have a tight end or a Gronk or somebody. But I, even then, no, I, I'd give it a nine. I'm with you on that. I went back and I looked at, and I can't remember why I was looking back at this, but I looked back at the four games that Deshaun played with Will and DeAndre. It was it was unbelievable. The number of touchdown catches, just those two guys. Right. And obviously Deshaun had 19 in six and a half games. He threw the first one to DeAndre in that game against Jacksonville. Didn't throw any against Cincinnati. And then against New England, he had a couple. But then Will returned that game against Tennessee. In that game, DeAndre had two. two. Will, Will had, had two. two. The next week against Kansas City, Will had two. DeAndre had three. And then it was Cleveland. They each had one in that game. And then against Seattle, Will had two. And DeAndre had one, the long one. Right. I mean, that's incredible to think. That's four games. If you stretch that out over 60 on games, pace, on it's pie, ridiculous. It, I actually did that. I, I, on like, pace, guy, on get, pace went guy, nuts. 43 touchdowns for Deshaun Watson. When I – this is how depressing this is. Getting ready for that Colts game. A buddy of mine who sent me the NFL research. It's a packet they send out, I guess, to NFL media, uh, people that are covering the game. And it's got all – I mean, it's got tons of lists and stats. And so – I went and I looked, and they've got a kind of a breakdown by you know different stats and different things for the the each game. And so I quick I just flipped to the Texans and Colts, and there's all kinds of stuff. And it's Deshaun, 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 Deshaun. I mean, it's just like he's setting records. He's doing all this. They get to the very last line of the whole thing, and it says Deshaun Watson's on pace for 43 touchdowns. Oh. <laughs> and I about I about choked on my lunch. I was like, oh my gosh. Because that's when it ended. And the next day, you got hurt. That's the that's when it ended. Because I remember I was doing a conference. Mm-hmm. I was doing like a video call with the Colts, and they had just placed Andrew Luck on IR. Yep. And so we were getting ready to 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 do this video interview, and they said, you know, obviously with everything happening with Andrew Luck, we're going to focus a lot on Deshaun. Yeah. So we did the entire interview. As soon as I was done, I walk out, and I actually <sighs> saw it on Twitter because 
Did we go to practice that day? I cannot remember. I guess uh, even if we did, we only see stretching. Yeah. So it must have happened in yeah, practice. Exactly. He was out there. It was a Thursday. Oh, it was just like we, I mean, just the entire week. We, <sighs> we were like, what? We can't relive it. I can't. We can't, I can't relive it. I can't. But you know what? Just, oh. It's fun to relive it because we know that it's in the past. And True. now we've waited all year for this. Okay, we got one more. Oh, okay, go Maybe ahead. Maybe the most important one. All right, here we go. Bachelor in Paradise <laughs> is the best guilty pleasure reality TV show of the summer. Of the summer. Well, The Bachelorette starts in May, Johnny. Does it? It does. We get Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise? No, you get Bachelorette, and when that when that ends, That's over, then Bachelor, we get Bachelor in Paradise, Paradise starts around the time of training camp. Okay. <laughs> so That's August. still considered summer. So, in but, other words, is Bachelor always, in Paradise better than Bachelorette? It gets better ratings. And every other does? It, it gets better ratings, although the, crazy. the Bachelor Winter Olympics was only like four or five episodes. Mm-hmm. That was tremendous. Yeah, that was great. That was really, and I that thought was, it was going to be good. so. I thought it was going to be so stupid. I thought, why am I watching this? But you know, you just flip back and forth, and you. But it was not okay. So answer the so question. So I, I would. <laughs> one to ten. I want to say the best seven. guilty pleasure reality. Oh, guilty TV pleasure. Show. Okay, yes. I'll be ten. Yeah, of it's course. Gotta be ten. What other guilty pleasure is? That's the guiltiest of guilty pleasures. Yeah, I know. And you know what? When any, whenever anybody says to me, "I can't believe you watched that show," do you know what the next thing I say is? John Harris. Watches I said John it. Harris watches I have it. No, I have no qualms. I have none. And then it people makes will it all tweet better. to me, and they'll tell me, "I can't believe you watched that." I'm like, "Yeah, so, so." You watch a lot care. of Bravo too. We actually have a lot in common. Yeah, yeah there's no question about that. <laughs> DP, appreciate you stopping by. Thanks, Thank you, Johnny. I mentioned those three third-round picks. Will the Texans hang on to those? Well, if they do, we talked yesterday about the position priorities. I'm going to give you three players per position the Texans could look at in that third round next, right here in Texans All Access. One final segment of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio on this wonderful Tuesday evening. Hopefully you all are enjoying it, enjoying the show. Appreciate you being here. I'm John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter. Sitting in for Mark tonight because he's got an event. He won't be able to be here, so I jump in. That's the way it goes. Love doing radio, so we're talking all kinds of things. Had DP and Drew on the first couple of segments. And we've talked the last couple of days. The draft is coming near. A lot of things coming near, actually. Preseason schedule should be out this week sometime. Still waiting on it. The regular season schedule will be next week sometime. My guess is I'm guessing Wednesday. That's my guess. Wednesday makes for that, that make for a good day. And then the following week, we end up being the draft. And so, not really much we can surmise about preseason regular season schedule. But, Texans have three third-round picks heading into day two, which will be Friday, April 27th. And keep in mind, that is the night of our draft party here at NRG Stadium. So, you want to go to HoustonTexas.com. You can find the information out about that draft party I think it's free, if I remember correctly, and there's so much going on, but I think you still have to get tickets. So go check that out. I just know i got to show up because I'm working the entire weekend, but that's cool. I like doing it. I love doing it, actually. Uh, and if you go to the draft party, come talk to me. I'll, I'll talk to you as much as I possibly can until my voice just dies. Because it will die over the weekend. There's no question. Between radio and TV and all the interviews I have to do leading up to it, my voice will die. I can promise you that. But that's okay. My wife likes that. But either way. If the Texans hang on to those three third-round picks, we talked yesterday about the priority of position. And we looked at a few of the multi-round mock drafts that are out there. Dane Brugler had one. I thought Dane did a really nice job with his. 
he had a tackle. I'm trying to remember the order which he had. He had a tackle. If I remember correct, he had uh, Uchenna Owasu from USC, and then he had Jalen Samuels, the tight end slash running back, which I know sounds weird. I know it sounds weird. And I tried to, to say that yesterday and talking about Jalen Samuels. I would love Jalen Samuels here. I would love it. I think with the additions, that if you're able to add an offensive lineman in a corner in a draft, that last pick, why not have it Jalen Samuels? I mean, what he gives you in a passing game as a former and in air quotes, tight end, because he's not really a tight end. He never, he never really had a position at NC State. But they would line him up in the slot. They would line him up as a wide tight end sometimes. He would be a wide receiver. And then they put him in running back. And he and Naeem Hines would end up sharing carries at NC State. Now, he didn't get as many running uh, carries as Hines got, but they put him back there at running back. He got to the senior bowl. They had him at running back exclusively. Now, he was on the North squad. those Broncos coaching him. But he was exclusive at running back. Then he went to the combine, and he was there as a tight end. He would be a perfect fit for this offense. He's a He would be the ultimate chess piece because of all the different things he could do. But we'll get to that in a second, but I thought that was a good one by Dane. So it got me thinking about the priority of position. And to me, there are there are six different positions that they, they could focus on at that point. And I'll, I'll say offensive line, but really kind of focusing on tackle. But... I went through those six positions and thought, okay, what are the names then of people and why would they fit for the Texans? And so I came up with the six positions. Offensive line, more or less offensive tackle, tight end, corner. I have safety down. And as I I went through this exercise and I started looking at where I would project some of the safeties, I like some of the guys on this list. I like them a lot, actually. Running back and then pass rusher. And to me, it's in that order. It's offensive tackle, not not in that order, sorry. The top three, though, offensive tackle, tight end, cornerback. I think those are the three biggest ones. And then I think safety, running back, next. And then hey, maybe you could put pass rusher on that same line. So to me, it's like a tier one, offensive line, slash offensive tackle, corner, and then tight end. That's tier one, tier two would end up being pass rusher, safety, running back. That, that's that's if you get to that best player available category and one of those guys is on the list and you go, man, this guy's still on the list, you can you could make an argument for any of those Tier 2 positions. Could they use a young safety? Absolutely. Could they use a guy maybe a little bigger, thicker, that could roll into the box like a Marcus Allen from Penn State? No, not the running back. Marcus Allen from Penn State? Yeah, I think he would be a nice fit rolling down into the box. So he'd be a little different. So I went through each position, and I'll talk about Marcus Allen here in a little bit. But tier one priorities. Start with offensive tackle. Here are the names I came up with. Martinez Rankin has not done a lot in this offseason from Mississippi State because of the injury he suffered at Mississippi State. Don't know how much he's going to be able to do. He went to center in the spring. He could play some center, but they play him at tackle. He could play some guard. He's actually a guy that could play all positions in the offensive line. Austin Corbett's quarter kind of the same way from Nevada. Played tackle, played left tackle, played right tackle. He's projected to be a guard. He's got dimensions of a guard. I wasn't blown away at the Senior Bowl when the Texans coached him. But watching his tape, he was he was pretty good. Really good. Very violent, like in football. Austin Corbett, but probably going to be more guard than he is a tackle. Jerron Christian. At Louisville, Louisville does something a little different. They don't play a left tackle, right tackle. They play a quick and a strong. And so he played the quick tackle. What that means is oftentimes he did not have a tight end on his side. He would be the open tackle. There would not be a tight end next to him. And so he played both left and right at Louisville, which to me 
is not a bad option. I watched him pretty closely. The more I watched him, the more I liked him. The more I felt like maybe we should put him on the Harris 100. But that being said, Jerron Christian from Louisville can play both left and right because he did that playing quick and strong uh, at – playing a quick tackle, sorry, at Louisville where he had to play both sides. Chooks Okafor – I'm sorry, Chooks Okorafor from Western Michigan. Young, long, big. This guy has not even come close to tapping into his potential. But to me, he's more a fourth-rounder. Um, but he's got a lot of potential. Jamarco Jones, Ohio State. Played left tackle out there. I think in that third round, Jamarco Jones probably fits maybe a little bit. Probably he might be with that first pick in the fourth round. But those those are the guys I would look at offensive line, preferably with ta- a tackle slant. Tight ends. Ian Thomas I've talked about from Indiana. Guy that was on the South squad at the Senior Bowl. Ryan Izzo, Florida State. Of all the tight ends, this guy's probably the best blocking tight end. And I think the third round might be a little rich for him. But the way he can block and get after it, be nasty, he's very interesting. And then I've gotten this question before. Would I take Ian Thomas or would I take Dalton Schultz from Stanford? I would take Thomas because I think also he's got some experience with his coaching staff having worked with the Texas coaching staff at the Senior Bowl. But Dalton Schultz can play. Stanford spit out a ton of tight ends and Dalton Schultz is the next in line. I think the third round is probably about where he goes. So, to me, those those guys, Thomas and Schultz in the third. Izzo, that might be a little tough. I think maybe into the fourth. He did not run well at the combine. That could turn some teams off. But I still think he is a big-time player uh, and can fit an offense that still wants to run the football as a traditional wide tight end. I think he fits. At corner, Dante Jackson is the guy I see mocked to the Texans a lot in one of those third-round picks. Man, 4-3-1 his pro day. He's a former track star, actually still a track star, not the cleanest game in the world. Had some issues last year just technique-wise, but, man, he can fly. And you feel like if you got a good coaching staff, and I feel Anthony Midget's going to be a really good secondary coach, I can think he could really mold a young guy like Dante Jackson. Duke Dawson from Florida can play any position in secondary, to be honest. I think he's best served to be a nickel to play inside, but Duke Dawson's a player. Loved seeing him at Senior Bowl, and he was there probably 8, 10 pounds underweight at the Senior Bowl. Because he had been sick and dealing with the flu and missed the first day of practice, but then came back and battled through it. Tremont Smith, keep this name in mind, Central Arkansas. I did a game this past fall, Central Arkansas against HBU. And Tremont Smith, we're number one. During a game, I'm watching, going, This guy's this guy's big time. Wow. I'm looking at his dimensions. I circle him, I'm like, man, Texas need a corner. This guy might be a good fit. I think third round might be a little rich, but his name is really catching fire. He ran four three two to his pro day at five eleven, about a buck eighty five. That guy can fly, and he can return punts. He is a player, play baseball, and so he knows how to track deep balls. He's a very interesting guy. Tremont Smith, Trey Smith from University of Central Arkansas. Anthony Averett played Alabama out on the edge. Isaac Yedem from Boston College. When I saw him at the Senior Bowl. I'm like, man, he's an impressive-looking dude. And then he got into a stance, and I'm like, what's wrong with him? He looks weird. And then all of a sudden, the receiver tried to get off the ball, and then, boom, he would hit with that, that jam at the line of scrimmage, and receivers went nowhere. Isaac Yenem could be a guy. Now, he didn't run exceptionally fast at the combine, and that, that could set him back a little bit. But that length, oh, man, it's enticing. So those are some names of the Tier 1 positions. Now, Tier 2, like I said, safety, pass rusher, running back. Let me start with safeties because, to me, this is where I think there's some good value to be found at safeties with some of these guys on the board. Armani Watts from Texas A&M, I've seen almost every game that Watts played at Texas A&M. 
he is one of the best playmaking safeties. He did not have a great senior bowl. He got dinged up at some point late in the week, did not play in the game. But throughout his career, he'd be a ball hawk. Then he'd be a tackle monster. Then he'd kind of put both of them together. But he missed a lot of tackles. And there would be times where he's trying to make up for uh, what was lacking in the secondary, and then he'd be out of place. But he can play. I think he may not start right away, but, man, you want a ball hawk in the secondary and you want him to focus on that, I think he could be your guy. Tavarius Moore, Southern Miss, was not well-known. In fact, going into this whole process, did not get a combine invite. But he blew up his pro day at 6'1", 199. Blew it up. 39-inch vertical, ran the 4-4 range, I believe. So I went back and watched his film actually this week. Talk about a player. Wow. He can make some plays back there. Tavarius Moore, Southern Miss. Terrell Edmonds, the brother of Tremaine Edmonds from Virginia Tech. He's a name that's gaining a lot of steam from Virginia Tech. Keep an eye on him, Terrell Edmonds. Marcus Allen from Penn State. This guy I mentioned earlier. More box safety. You don't hear that term, I guess, thrown around too much anymore because you're not playing box safeties as much. But that's pretty much what he is. He's big, strong, physical, likes to hit. Not great in coverage. A little stiff in the hips, but... That guy can make some plays near the line of scrimmage when it comes to tackles. So safety's got some good names. Pass rusher, I mentioned Shaquem Griffin yesterday. Here's a name to keep in mind. Local people will know this name. Went to North Shore High School. Dorrance Armstrong Jr. went to Kansas. Played out of position as a junior, but as a sophomore was one of the better pass rushers in the league in the Big 12. Dorrance Armstrong Jr., keep an eye on him. And here's another one. And really, pass rusher doesn't do it justice, I guess. He's not a great pass rusher. But he is a whale of an outside linebacker, and that's Lorenzo Carter. He is athletic. Oh, my goodness. But didn't produce as much pass rusher um, as a pass rusher as you'd want. But he can do everything that an outside linebacker does, which is sort of weird. So Lorenzo Carter would be another name I'd throw in there. Running back, this is the one position where third round, I don't want to say you're reaching a little bit, but I think Sony Michelle and... Nick Chubb and Darius Geis and Saquon Barkley, they'll all be off the board. I think Kerryon Johnson will probably be off the board. So I came up with these names. Kalen Balash from Arizona State, physical specimen, 6'2", 230, runs in the 4'4 range, big, strong, fast, does everything really well. Actually, a good receiver out of the backfield, too. Naeem Hines is a little bit like Tyler Irvin, kind of gives you that out in space, that space player that you want out of the backfield. And then a guy that worked with the Texans at the Senior Bowl, with the South squad, one of the leading rushers in the country, that's Rashad Penny. I think he was second in the country. Rashad Penny, big-time speed and explosiveness. Struggled a little bit in the Senior Bowl, kind of learning a new offense and some of the things he was asked to do. But, man, as the week wore on, he got better and better and better. Rashad Penny would be a really nice fit in this offense with his home run hitting ability. Oh, by the way, he is an incredible kick returner as well. So if we're looking for the return game to get a little bit better, Rashad Penny would end up being a really nice fit. That's how I learned about him a couple years ago. When he's backing up Donnell Pumphrey, I'm watching the game, and I see this returner run one back, and I'm like, that dude can fly. Who is that? Rashad Penny followed him. Obviously, he was second to country. I think he was second to country last year in rushing. So there are just some of the names to know as we get close to the draft that Texas could be looking at in the third round at those premium positions. Got to thank DP and Drew. Got to thank you guys for listening, as always. Thanks to my guys back in studio at Sports Radio 610. You are the best. We'll see you tomorrow, buddy. And as always, go Texans.